Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Giant black holes were supposed to be bit players in the early cosmic story, but recent James Webb Space Telescope observations are finding an unexpected abundance of the beasts. That's next. Explore questions about science in the quanta book Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. Years before she was even sure the James Webb Space Telescope would successfully launch, Christina Eilers started planning a conference for astronomers specializing in the early universe. She knew that if, preferably when, the Webb Telescope started making observations, she and her colleagues would have a lot to talk about. Like a time machine, the telescope could see farther away and farther into the past than any previous instrument. On Christmas Day in 2021, the James Webb Space Telescope launched. It later deployed without a hitch, then started scrutinizing the early universe in earnest from its perch in space a million miles away. In June of 2023, about 150 astronomers gathered at MIT for Euler's first light conference about the telescope. Not quite a year had passed since the Webb started sending images back to Earth. And just as Eilers had anticipated, the telescope was already reshaping astronomers' understanding of the cosmos' first billion years. One set of mysterious objects stood out in the myriad of presentations. Some astronomers called them hidden little monsters. To others, they were little red dots. Whatever their name, the data was clear. It shows red specks in the darkness, young galaxies, but when the Webb telescope stares at them, it sees a surprising number with cyclones churning in their centers. Here's Eilers. There seems to be an abundant population of sources that we didn't know before, which we didn't anticipate to find at all, really. In recent months, a torrent of observations of the cosmic smudges has delighted and confounded astronomers. Xiaohui Fan is a researcher at the University of Arizona who spent his career searching for distant objects in the early universe. Everybody is talking about these little red dots. That's mm -hmm. certainly something that was not expected or at least not in the proposal that people written before. The most straightforward explanation for the tornado-hearted galaxies is that large black holes weighing millions of suns are whipping the gas clouds into a frenzy. That finding is both expected and perplexing. It's expected because the Webb telescope was built, in part, to find the ancient objects. They're the ancestors of billion-sun behemoth black holes that seem to appear in the cosmic record inexplicably early. By studying these precursor black holes, scientists hope to learn where the first humongous black holes came from, and perhaps identify which of two competing theories better describes their formation. Did they grow extremely rapidly, or were they simply born big? 
Yet the observations are also perplexing because few astronomers expected the Webb to find so many young, hungry black holes, and surveys are turning them up by the dozen. In the process of attempting to solve the former mystery, astronomers have uncovered a throng of bulky black holes that may rewrite established theories of stars, galaxies, and more. Marta Voluntary is an astrophysicist specializing in black holes at the Paris Institute of Astrophysics. As a theorist, I have to build the universe, and the universe that I build has to reproduce correctly. Voluntary and her colleagues are now contending with the influx of giant black holes in the early cosmos. First, I want to know about these little red dots. What are they? I mean, are they really GN? AGN, meaning active galactic nuclei. If they are, they completely change the picture on, on the number of black holes. The Webb telescope's observations are shaking up astronomy, in part because the telescope can detect light reaching Earth from deeper in space than any earlier machine. Grant Tremblay is an astrophysicist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. We built this absurdly powerful telescope over 20 years. And the whole point of it originally was to look deep into cosmic time, right? It was a cosmic dawn machine, looking deeper into spaces, looking deeper into time. So the further you look back, the further in time you look. And in order to do that, you need an absurdly sensitive telescope, i.e. a big freaking mirror and sensitive instruments. One of the mission's goals is to catch galaxies in the act of forming during the universe's first billion years. That's out of its roughly 13.8 billion year history. The telescope's initial observations from summer of 2022 hinted at a young universe full of strikingly mature galaxies, but astronomers could only wring a limited amount of information from those images. To really understand the early universe, astronomers needed more than just images. They needed the spectra of those galaxies, meaning the data that comes in when the telescope breaks incoming light into specific hues. Galactic spectra, which the Webb telescope started to send back in earnest at the end of 2022, are useful for two reasons. First, they let astronomers nail down the galaxy's age. The infrared light the Webb telescope collects is reddened or redshifted. That means as infrared light traverses the cosmos, its wavelengths are stretched by the expansion of space. The extent of that redshift lets astronomers determine a galaxy's distance, and therefore when it originally emitted its light. Nearby galaxies have a redshift of almost zero. The Webb telescope can handily make out objects beyond a redshift of five, which corresponds to roughly one billion years after the Big Bang. Objects at higher redshifts are significantly older and farther away. Second, spectra give astronomers a sense of what's happening in a galaxy. Each hue marks an interaction between photons and specific atoms or molecules. One color originates from a hydrogen atom flashing as it settles down after a bump. Another indicates jostled oxygen atoms, and another nitrogen. A spectrum is a pattern of colors that reveals what a galaxy is made of and what those elements are doing. The James Webb Space Telescope is providing that crucial context for galaxies at unprecedented distances. 
Ayush Saxena is an astronomer at the University of Oxford. The fact that we've made such a huge leap within just, you know, under a year of JWST observations where we're talking about chemical composition of, you know, Redshift 9 galaxies, is just absolutely remarkable. Redshift 9 is mind-bogglingly distant, corresponding to a time when the universe was only about a half billion years old. Galactic spectra are also perfect tools for finding a major perturber of atoms, giant black holes that lurk at the hearts of galaxies. Black holes themselves are dark, but when they feed on gas and dust, they rip atoms apart, making them beam out telltale colors. Long before the Webb telescope's launch, astrophysicists hoped the telescope would help them spot those patterns and find enough of the early universe's biggest and most active black holes to solve the mystery of how they formed. The mystery began more than 20 years ago, when a team led by Xiaowei Fan spotted one of the most distant galaxies ever observed. It was a brilliant quasar, or a galaxy anchored to an active, supermassive black hole, weighing perhaps billions of suns. It had a redshift of five, corresponding to around 1.1 billion years after the Big Bang. With further sweeps of the sky, Fan and his colleagues repeatedly broke their own records, pushing the quasar redshift frontier to six in 2001, and eventually to 7.6 in 2021, just 0.7 billion years after the Big Bang. The problem was that making such gigantic black holes seemed impossible so early in cosmic history. Like any object, black holes take time to grow and form. And like a six-foot-tall toddler, fans' supersized black holes were too big for their age. The universe wasn't old enough for them to have accrued billions of suns of heft. To explain those overgrown toddlers, physicists were forced to consider two distasteful options. The first was that fans' galaxies started off filled with standard, roughly stellar-mass black holes of the sort supernovas often leave behind. Those then grew both by merging and by swallowing up surrounding gas and dust. Normally, if a black hole feasts aggressively enough, an outpouring of radiation pushes away its morsels. That stops the feeding frenzy and sets a speed limit for black hole growth that scientists call the Eddington limit. But it's a soft ceiling. A constant torrent of dust could conceivably overcome the outpouring of radiation. However, it's hard to imagine sustaining such super-Eddington growth for long enough to explain fans' beasts. They would have had to bulk up unthinkably fast. Or perhaps black holes can be born improbably large. Gas clouds in the early universe may have collapsed directly into black holes weighing many thousands of suns, producing objects called heavy seeds. This scenario is hard to stomach, too, because such large, lumpy gas clouds should fracture into stars before forming a black hole. One of the Webb Telescope's priorities is to evaluate these two scenarios by peering into the past and catching the fainter ancestors of fans' galaxies. These precursors wouldn't quite be quasars, but galaxies with somewhat smaller black holes on their way to becoming quasars. 
With the web, scientists have their best chance of spotting black holes that have barely started to grow, objects that are young enough and small enough for researchers to nail down their birth weight. That's one reason a group of astronomers with the Cosmic Evolution Early Release Science Survey started working overtime when they first noticed signs of such young black holes popping up in the days following Christmas. The group is led by Dale Kosevsky of Colby College. We realized that there are these faint quasars, and they're really common. They're basically all over the place. And that's why we called it hidden little monsters, because we didn't know they were there. And in the case of the Webb telescope, there were lots of little hidden monsters. In their data, a few galaxies immediately leapt out as potentially hiding baby black holes. Unlike their more vanilla siblings, these galaxies emitted light that didn't arrive with just one crisp shade for hydrogen. Instead, the hydrogen line was smeared or broadened into a range of hues. This indicates that some light waves were squished as orbiting gas clouds accelerated toward the Webb telescope, while other waves were stretched as clouds flew away. Kosevsky and his colleagues knew that black holes were just about the only object capable of slinging hydrogen around like that. Here's Kosevsky again. The only way to see that broad component of the gas orbiting around the black hole is if you're looking right down the barrel of the galaxy and right into the black hole. When you do that, the thing is pretty bright and it outshines the galaxy. By the end of January, the team had managed to crank out a preprint describing two of the hidden little monsters, as they called them. The group set out to systematically study a wider swath of the hundreds of galaxies collected by their program to see just how many black holes were out there. But they got scooped by another team, led by Yuichi Harakani of the University of Tokyo, just weeks later. Harakani's group searched 185 of those galaxies and found 10 with broad hydrogen lines. This is likely the work of million solar mass central black holes that redshifts between 4 and 7. Then in June, an analysis of two other surveys led by Jorit Mati of the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, Zurich, identified 20 more little red dots with broad hydrogen lines. These are black holes churning around Redshift 5. An analysis posted in early August announced another dozen, a few of which may even be in the process of growing by merging. Here's Marta Voluntary again. It's been totally amazing. <laughs> I've been waiting for these things for so long. I mean, it's incredible. But few astronomers anticipated the sheer number of galaxies with a big active black hole. The baby quasars in the Webb's first year of observations are even more numerous than scientists had predicted based on the census of adult quasars, between 10 times and 100 times more abundant. Here's astronomer Christina Eilers of MIT, who contributed to the Little Red Dots paper. It's surprising, I think, for an astronomer that we're off by an order of magnitude or even more than an order of magnitude. Usually we're off by a factor of two or three. Stephanie Juno is an astronomer at the National Science Foundation's NOR Lab and co-author of the Little Monsters paper. It always felt like at high redshift, these quasars are just the tip of the iceberg. We might be finding that underneath this like, kind of lower luminosity population is even bigger than just the regular iceberg if you were to extrapolate. But to catch glimpses of the beasts in their infancy, astronomers know they'll have to push well beyond redshifts of five and look deeper into the universe's first billion years. 
Recently, several teams have spotted black holes feeding at truly unprecedented distances. In March, an analysis led by Rebecca Larson, an astrophysicist at the University of Texas, Austin, discovered a broad hydrogen line in a galaxy at redshift of 8.7. That's 0.57 billion years after the Big Bang. It set a new record for the most distant active black hole ever discovered. But Larson's record fell just a few months later after astronomers with the JWST Advanced Deep Extragalactic Survey, or JADES, collaboration got their hands on the spectrum of GNZ11. At redshift 10.6, GNZ11 had been at the faintest edge of the Hubble Space Telescope's vision, and scientists were eager to study it with sharper eyes. By February, the Webb telescope had spent more than 10 hours observing GNZ11, and researchers could tell right away that the galaxy was an oddball. Jan Schultz is a JADES member at the University of Cambridge. The nitrogen emissions were completely out of whack. You had to employ extremely weird sort of star-forming conditions in order to do it. Like there seemed to be significantly more nitrogen than we would normally expect. Seeing so much nitrogen in a young galaxy was like meeting a six-year-old with a five o'clock shadow, especially when the nitrogen was compared to the galaxy's meager stores of oxygen, a simpler atom that stars should assemble first. The JADES collaboration followed up with another 16 or so web observing hours in early May. The additional data sharpened the spectrum, revealing that two visible shades of nitrogen were extremely uneven, one bright and one faint. The team said the pattern indicated that GNZ11 was full of dense gas clouds concentrated by a fearsome gravitational force. Here's Schultz again. That's when we realized that actually we are staring right into the accretion disk of the black hole. That was like the telltale sign. That fortuitous alignment explains why the distant galaxy was bright enough for Hubble to see in the first place. Extremely young, hungry black holes like GNZ11 are the exact objects astrophysicists hoped would resolve the quandary of how fans' quasars came to be. But in a twist, it turns out that not even GNZ11 is young enough or small enough for researchers to conclusively determine its birth mass. In order to distinguish between these scenarios, I think we will have to start detecting AGNs and measuring black hole masses at way higher redshift, even than 11, mm. which I have no idea I would be saying this a year ago, but here we are. Until then, astronomers are resorting to more subtle tricks for finding and studying newborn black holes. Tricks like turning to another flagship space telescope for help. In early 2022, a team led by Akos Bogdan, an astronomer at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, started periodically pointing NASA's Chandra X-ray Observatory at a galaxy cluster they knew would be on the web's shortlist. The cluster acts like a lens. It bends the fabric of space-time and magnifies the more distant galaxies behind it. The team wanted to see if any of those background galaxies were spitting out X-rays, a traditional calling card of a voracious black hole. Over the course of a year, Chandra stared at the cosmic lens for two weeks, one of its longest observation campaigns yet. 
It collected 19 X-ray photons coming from a galaxy called UHZ-1 at a redshift of 10.1. Those 19 high-octane photons most likely came from a growing black hole that existed fewer than half a billion years after the Big Bang, making it by far the most distant X-ray source ever detected. By combining the Webb telescope and Chandra data, the group learned something strange and informative. In most modern galaxies, almost all of the mass is in the stars, with less than 1% or so in the central black hole. But in UHZ-1, mass seems evenly split between the stars and the black hole. That's not the pattern astronomers would have expected for super-Eddington accretion. The team suggested a more plausible explanation is that UHZ-1's central black hole was born when a giant cloud crumpled into a humongous black hole, leaving little gas behind for making stars. Grant Tremblay is a member of the team. These are hints at data that could be consistent with a heavy seed model, which would be crazy. Like this heavy seed model, direct collapse black holes are kind of amazing to like think about these giant, giant, giant balls of gas that just collapsed. Some of the specific findings from the mad spectra scramble over the last few months are bound to shift as the studies go through peer review. But the broad conclusion that the young universe cranked out a host of giant active black holes extremely quickly is likely to survive. After all, fans' quasars had to come from somewhere. Here's Christina Eilers again. I think that is very convincing. I think the exact numbers and the details of each individual object remain debated, but it's definitely convincing that we find a large population of accreting black holes that we knew had to exist. And WSD has revealed them for the first time. So it's a really exciting result, I think. For black hole specialists, it's a revelation that's been brewing for years. Recent studies of messy adolescent black holes in the modern universe hinted that active black holes in young galaxies were being overlooked, and theorists have struggled because their digital models continually produced universes with far more black holes than astronomers were seeing in the real one. Astronomer Marta Voluntari says perhaps that's because these little red dots weren't being accounted for. Now that blazing black holes are turning out to be more than just cosmic cameos in a maturing universe, astrophysicists wonder if recasting the objects in meteor-theoretical roles could alleviate some other headaches. After studying some of the Webb Telescope's first images, some astronomers quickly pointed out that certain galaxies seemed impossibly heavy considering their youth. But in at least some cases, a blindingly bright black hole could be leading researchers to overestimate the heft of the surrounding stars. Another theory that may need tweaking is the rate at which galaxies churn out stars, which tends to be too high in galaxy simulations. Astronomer Dale Kosevsky speculates that many galaxies go through a hidden monster phase that sets up a star formation slowdown. Now, in retrospect, I think we're seeing an evolutionary scenario where we're seeing heavily obscured sources at Richard 5 and 6, and then we see unobscured sources at Richard 3 and 4. What's exciting about that is that there's this idea that the energy given off by a black hole can actually halt star formation in a galaxy. AGN feedback. AGN will heat up the gas in a galaxy and prevent it from forming stars. And so 
we might be looking at that scenario in play. As astronomers lift the veil of the early universe, academic hunches outnumber concrete answers. For as much as the James Webb Space Telescope is already changing how astronomers think about active black holes, researchers know that the cosmic vignettes revealed by the telescope this year are but anecdotes compared with what's to come. Observing campaigns have found dozens of likely black holes staring back at them from slivers of sky roughly one-tenth the size of the full moon. Many more baby black holes await the attention of the telescope and its astronomers. Or in the words of astronomer Ayush Saxena. All this progress has been made within you know, the first nine to 12 months of scientific operations of JWST. Now we have it for another 10 years. Just to pause and think about, we've found out so much within the first cycle. What are we gonna discover you know, in the coming cycles? Arlene Santana helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Charlie Wood's full article, JWST Spots Giant Black Holes All Over the Early Universe, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. Music